0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Mark Jeffrey. He's the co-founder and CEO of Guardian Circle. This is going to be a very interesting discussion. Stick around.
1: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This
0: episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Mark, welcome to the show. Hi, Devin. Thanks for having me. Mark, you're doing something fascinating with Guardian Circle.
2: Tell us what it is. So Guardian Circle is Global Decentralized Emergency Response. Uh, the basic idea is 6 billion people on Earth have no 911. There is no magic number you can call. Uh, for the other billion of us, uh, we do have 911, but um, it's not very good. It's 1960s it's technology. Uh, if you call 911 from a mobile device, they have no idea where you are. Uber can find you more easily than 911, which is just crazy.
1: Yeah.
2: So um, you, know, you look at those two situations, and basically we said, we should just start over. If you were going to reinvent this whole thing from scratch, what would you build today? So what we came up with is we said that the way the world should work is whenever you're in trouble, no matter where you are on the globe – all you should have to do is press a button. Now a button might be in an app, it might be a device that you carry like a ring, uh, you could use your voice and you know, say something to an Alexa-like device. Whatever it is, send your alert up to the cloud, the cloud looks down and sees what people and resources are already nearby. It then activates, coordinates and pushes all this help to you as quickly as possible. So think 10 people in three minutes not two people in an hour or never and for the six billion people on earth who have no 911 this is like witchcraft this is amazing they've never had something like this
0: well the first question that comes to my mind is I'm pondering this use and and the variety of use cases for this sure it makes sense for me to alert all my friends if I'm in a I'm a, I ran out of gas but yeah. that isn't a 911 call so th- there are broader use cases but is there a way for me to alert just a subset of my friends rather than the whole emergency apparatus in my community?
2: Yeah. So um, the version of the app that we have out today, uh, which is available right now, by the way, on iOS, Android, and we have an Alexa version also, um, it's basically a thing that allows you to connect only to your friends, family, and neighbors. Um, Now you can have – we call them guardians when you connect to one another. You can have as many guardians as you want. You can have six. You can have 60. 600, 6,000, there's no limit. And when you push that button, all of them are notified and all of them are brought into a map where they can all see one another and where you are and you're kind of blinking because you're the one that's in trouble. And then there's a chat room at the bottom. So the, the, the punchline is in under 30 seconds, all of your responders can talk to you and to one another and come up with, and everybody knows where everybody else is. So now they can come up with a plan to help you fast and this is the important part, without requiring them all to know each other in advance. Your mom and your neighbor, they don't know one another. But when you're, you know, face down in your garage and uh, your mom is talking to your neighbor and your mom knows you're allergic to bee stings, she can tell neighbor guy, hey, he's allergic to bee stings. So when medical person shows up, uh, tell them that. And now the medical person is not starting from scratch. They can actually, you know, it's not a mystery what's going on. They know what to start looking for.
0: This is a fascinating, fascinating business. Right now, you are just in the earliest stages of uh, launching an ICO, uh, a a new token sale. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how the token will operate within the platform.
2: So the token is used in five different ways. Um, First, it's used to form emergency response contracts and as a form of settlement between users. So you might create an emergency response contract with your local EMT or doctor. You might create one for a security response, be that citizen or professional, uh, or it might be an emergency transport service, uh, which of course could be an ambulance type thing. Uh, or if you're in a remote remote corner of the world, it could simply be the guy with the truck who can you know run you down the mountain when you get into medical trouble. Um, so the second way, is we think that giving will be a big behavior in our universe. Um, You know, the 6 billion people on earth who have no 911, a lot of them are unbanked. A lot of them can't afford this. Um, So we're basically gonna make it very easy for people to send Guardium, which is the name of our coin, directly to someone in the developing world. Now, because you've sent directly to them, to the beneficiary, you've not sent through a bank, a government, or an organization so you know that your Guardian was not spent inefficiently or inappropriately. So, you know, we all remember Red Cross in Haiti. Can't happen here. And, in fact, we're going to eventually make it so, so transparent that you're going to be able to track every donated penny as easily as a FedEx package. You're going to see, like, how it flowed, you know, and how, it, how much of it actually arrived on the other end. The third thing we do is uh, on our blockchain, the Guardian blockchain, all alert transcripts are stored there. So we have a full timeline of who said what, where everyone was, because we have all the location information, what time they answered the alerts or did not answer. We know both things. And all this information is encrypted, placed on our blockchain, and the keys are handed to the alert generator. So they have natural custody. We don't. And they decide who uh, sees it and who doesn't. The fourth uh, thing we do is we have a thing called an emergency information lockbox, this is also a record that's stored on our blockchain, on the Guardian blockchain. Uh, it's basically a record of all the stuff you don't want anyone to know about, unless you're in trouble. So it's, it could be a secret health issue. It could be uh, where the key's hidden under the rock that opens your front door. Um, it, it could be your Bitcoin private keys. Whatever you want to put in there, it's up to you. Uh, this information is only made available when you declare an emergency, and it's only made available to your designated recipients. So, yeah, it's a two-key system, and uh, again, like the transcript, it's encrypted in such a way that even we can't get at it if we wanted to. We have no access to it. <clears throat> the fifth thing we do is basically Guardian is – it doubles as a loyalty program for Guardian Circle, which is the app. So, you know, basically if you download it and you ask a lot of your friends, family, neighbors to connect to you as Guardians for free, you're basically doing marketing for us. So we'll spiff you a little bit of Guardian. Anytime you do something we like – will spit a little bit of Guardian. So those are the five different ways in which the token is used.
0: What is the uh, premise of value for Guardian? I, 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 I get the utility, is yeah. is there a premise of value? Is, is there a premise that it will appreciate or is it just a, a medium
2: of exchange? A lot of people, so remember we're trying, the big goal here, the big picture is to service the six billion people who have nothing and weirdly most of them have phones don't ask me how because i don't know but they do they're pretty much like android devices so um so they're already using phone minutes as a means of you know you've heard that in peso stories sure. yeah um, you know in far corners of the world uh il- digital goods are, are are money and so our premise is in order to create sufficient density um, to truly have a ready-to-go emergency response at any time in any corner of the world the people have to be paid. The responders have to be paid in some way. So uh, we hope that the token uh, and the use of cryptocurrency, which we think is you know most greatly benefits uh, the unbanked and, and uh, you know the developing world much more so even than us, um, is the way to stimulate an economy that actually makes a sustainable, true uh, response network viable. So uh, we're either right or we're wrong, but that is our thesis.
0: One of the concerns that uh, people have about Bitcoin, as the most familiar reference point for cryptocurrencies, is that uh, it takes a long time to execute uh, a transaction, and it and and that could potentially gum up the works for you if your currency took 15 minutes to process a transaction when you're lying on the garage floor bleeding. Uh, yes. How do you avoid that?
2: You bring up an excellent point. Um, so, uh, and there's a little bit of confusion here. So one thing we don't use our blockchain for is processing emergencies. Today, we might do that down the road, but today, like you say, the blockchain is a tortoise. We need a hare. This is an emergency. We need stuff to happen fast. So the alert processing is, in fact, centralized and scaled horizontally, You know, just like Facebook or Twitter and Anything else that's sort of real time, we use the same scaling techniques. Um, down the road, when things like uh, when blockchains like EOS and um, you know perhaps NEO, one of these third generation uh, blockchains becomes more viable and uh, and you know can do some second response time, uh, we may move over to it. In fact, we'd want to because wouldn't it be cool if uh, you could mine our currency? Um, and the act of mining is processing emergencies around the world, right? Wouldn't that be great? So the more computers that are in the network, the better the ability to process uh, emergencies becomes. That would be fantastic. So we want to go there. It's just too early right now.
0: The other concern, the other knock on cryptocurrencies that uh, I'm seeing is uh, use of energy. And yeah. there are some justifications for it, but But uh, I understand that, uh, you know, the processing of Bitcoin transactions now is using more energy than some small countries. (laughs) It's a fairly massive uh, use of energy um, at a time when we'd really like to be reducing energy use. Uh, how How does your coin operate with respect to energy?
2: So again, a very good point. Um, so we actually have pre-mined all of our coins. So the, the thing that consumes energy in the Bitcoin universe is an arms race of computational power uh, between everyone who's competing to get those free Bitcoins by finding the hash of the block. So we have pre-mining means that we've, we've already found, uh, we, we've basically already done all that computation ahead of time. And all of the coins are created. So we don't have the same arms race. So the power requirements to process transactions for Guardium are very, 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 very tiny. So, uh, And we'll make sure that it remains that way. But, yes, that's absolutely a big consideration. And so we opted out of the arms race partly for that reason.
0: That's interesting. I appreciate you sharing that. So uh, you've got the app up and running.
2: Yep, the first version of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. So what are you seeing in terms of use cases? Uh, do you have a story of a life saved, a child picked up from daycare and an emergency? What, what are the wins that you're notching so far?
2: Yeah. So we've, we've got some emails. Um, so during the hurricanes uh, that, you know, that hit Texas and Florida, um, the biggest sort of upswing in our usage happened right before the Florida hurricane. And we did get some folks who emailed in and said, hey, we had no 911. 911, I don't know if you know this, but 911 basically declared in the state of Florida that, hey, we're not going to answer calls uh, over the next 48 hours. Like, we're just, we're gone. And uh, we get some emails from folks uh, that that didn't use it but said, oh, my God, it was so nice to have that button there just in case. And, um, and you know, it, it basically was a, a stopgap measure. So, the, uh, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of stories, and the reason for that, we have had a lot of alerts and a lot of users, but we don't spy on the contents of the of the alert rooms. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, that's Honestly, it's been a, a uh, an issue of some debate internally as to whether we should go peek, because uh, we learn a lot, but we also feel that privacy is very important. So, uh, so we've opted to not peak uh, at this time. Obviously, as we have more um, uh, advanced. Transcript capabilities. Uh, we'll be handling those transcripts, and uh, you know, with the permission of the users, we have to gain that before we peaked. Uh, we probably will ask them if we can anonymously peek at their um, their alert rooms. But for right now, we've sort of you know we we opted for privacy over our own. Uh, probably good, but that's that's where we're at.
0: Yeah, well, fantastic. You know, Mark, you've had a long and successful career. What did, what's the most important lesson you've learned over that time?
2: Uh, I think I, yeah, as a CEO, um, and I've seen other CEOs do this. You have this urge to kind of build a world uh, that caters to you, and the more you resist that urge and cater to the people who are uh, working with you, um, the better things work. And I guess it's it guess it's a classic lesson of trying to be egoless as much as possible. Um, and it's, and it's one of those things that it's like super easy to say and understand, but like really hard to do. Uh, I, just, I mean, just last week we were discussing where we were going to put, um, the engineering office and, uh, there's a, we work right around the corner for me. And uh, I just in my mind, assumed that's where we were going to go. And, uh, our CTO is kind of in South Bay. So there's a, uh, there's a new cross campus that is opened up down there and, and he, in his mind it basically, so I really want to do that. And I basically just told him no at first and then. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I have to make life, his life easier. I have to, he's the one that's going to be putting in the crazy long hours building the product. So I need to do whatever I can to uh, to serve him. So uh, so I, I basically told him, I said, you know what? I'm wrong. You should do it. You should do what you want. We'll put it down in Manhattan Beach. So that's kind of, the more you do that, I think the better it is.
0: Yeah, great lesson. Great, great tip. Now, Mark, there are uh, a lot of people who recognize, the problems you've hit on, Um, you know, 6 billion people don't have 911 access or a comparable feature. Um, uh, Even 911 where it operates is operating on old technology. And in a hurricane, it may not be there at all. Um, Why did you decide that you were responsible to fix it? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well um yeah so i mean basically how uh we we, we came to do this project was um I, I my girlfriend had a stroke and she's fine so this is not it's not the girlfriend the moral app not to worry um but she was all alone and she was on the floor of her garage and you know her, her brain wasn't working she couldn't see out of one eye and she couldn't really type or or talk effectively so i was getting kind of garbage text from her and i'm like what what is this and, uh, and basically, I found her after about a half hour into this part of the hospital, all fine. Later, I thought about it. And I said, oh, my God, what, what if, um, you know, she was literally drowning in help?" turning that half hour. There were seven people within a 1,000 yards of her. And uh, like her neighbor was home. Uh, a couple of people we knew, we found out later, were driving by. You know, a couple of other folks lived, lived uh, two blocks over. And, and I was like, well, <laughs> somebody has to have made an app for this. And I, I really wasn't planning on making the app. I went looking for it. And, uh, invariably what I found was there were an awful lot of women's safety panic button things. And all, all that they did was they, uh, you know, you push the panic button and they all, all of them just sent a text message out to like five or 10 friends. And the text message said something like, Mark's in trouble, click here to help him," And then there'd be a little link to, uh, you know, a map web, a webpage with a map on it. And that's it. That's all they did. And I realized that you know if I got that link, I would I would not click on it because I would suspect that it was spam. I'd be like, "What's this? I don't know what this is." Um, but I would call the person who sent it to me. And so there's so I, all I could picture was uh, my girlfriend face down uh, pushing the button, and then she's got ten inbound phone calls. <laughs> <Yeah. nine people. laughs> that doesn't help her, right? All ten of those people don't know about the other nine. All uh, ten of them don't know where the other nine are. It just it doesn't help in practice. So I, I thought, well, geez, somebody's there has to be an intelligence grid that acts as a new dispatch and, and you know, a better service, and it should include friends, family, neighbors, but also people you don't know, off-duty EMTs, like this is where we're headed with all this. So, um, so that's why I decided to build it because I, I couldn't believe it didn't exist. And I'd experienced it directly, uh, you know, the failings of the, the current 911 system with my girlfriend. So,
0: Excellent. Well, Mark, what is your superpower? My superpower.
2: Well, I have many, but I'll talk about only one. Um, So (laughs) uh, I grew up in a house. My dad was an engineer. So I grew up around like TRS-80s and Apple IIs and all that cool stuff. Um, And probably as a result of that, I'm always sort of um, a little bit ahead of the curve. I got interested in the Internet in 1993, so kind of early. I founded a business social network in 2002, which is exactly when Reid Hoffman did. So unfortunately, I didn't become read often, but I, I had the, the correct idea at the right time. And we did sell it to IAC, so it was good. It just wasn't as good as reading. Um, I was one of the first people to podcast a novel in 2005. And uh, then I got into Bitcoin in 2013, which actually is a little late. I, I'm, I'm slipping a little bit in my old age. So, but, but I still have that. I can somehow see around the next corner and get very interested in whatever the next big wave is uh, before it sort of recognizes that.
0: Fantastic. Well, Mark, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And uh, before you go, I wonder if you would just take a minute and tell us how people can learn more about Guardian Circle and Guardium and how they connect with you personally.
2: Sure. Um, So if you want to learn more about our ICO crowd sale, that site is Guardium, so G-U-A-R-D-I-U-M dot C-O. Uh, And that's ongoing right now. Uh, We're in private sale for the next 40 days, and then the public sale begins. Uh, We've raised about 4.5 million of a 10 million cap, so it's we're almost halfway through. Um, You can learn more about Guardian Circle and download all the apps at GuardianCircle.com. And if you want to reach me, I'm I'm pretty easily findable. Just Mark with a K at GuardianCircle.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, Mark, again, we thank you for taking the time to be with us and wish you every success in replacing the world's 911 with something better. Thank you, Devin. righty, let's do some good.
1: At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization volunteer or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. This podcast is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other change-maker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com.